Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, episode 154. Did I get that right? I tried checking That's before. It. Okay, got, got it. it. I tried checking, but all my uh, videos are now following the live stream, so it, it, the thumbnail cut away. But yes, we got a, another special guest today, um, our friend from north of the border. But how you doing, Billy? Doing good. Uh, thank you very much. Excited for this episode, episode 154. This is our second guest of 2024. Started off very strong with SK. If you didn't catch that, check that out. And we have Todd McInerney to start this one. Very excited for this. We have a few good lined up ones as well. We got things for Winter Clash lined up. It should be fun ahead with Jump Street for 2024. But if you don't, I'm going to do my quick spiel. If you don't follow us, please follow us on all of our social media accounts. Recently, we did like a, 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 stunt, a survey, something, but we found out that most people who watch us are not uh, subscribed. So it's yeah. really helpful if you just go click the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, comment, like. We have an iTunes. If you like what you're listening to, you can give us a five-star rating, review. It's very helpful. We also have a Patreon. You can be a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. When you become a Patreon, not only are you automatically entered to win something from our online store from a random drawing every month, but you get exclusive access to content. We do section reviews with guests. Austin just put out something recently about it's a tutorial about how to do toe spins. How do you call it? Toe stops? I don't know. Maybe we could discuss this with our guest today because I didn't know what it was what called. It, I, call, I call that a toe pivot. Sure. A toe, a toe pivot. Okay. So yes. it, it, that's a really cool idea. I like that. There was a cool video that just came out. So that is an option for you. That is my spiel. Everyone who does follow us, thank you for your support and stoked for our guest. Yeah, definitely. And, and on that uh, tutorial thing that I put out too, I was like super skeptical that like that type of hybrid wizardy kind of move would get like some criticism, but it got a lot of good feedback and people actually wanted to see more stuff like that. So I'm going to work on getting more strange tutorials out there like that. But I want to give a shout out to our new patron supporters this week. We have Jeffrey Potter, CJ Walsh, Rich W, a pale guy and Brandon. Thank you all for supporting the show. And we have a WTF. Um, shout out to James Garland for sending this week's WTF in. Also, if you have a good WTF or come across something, send it our way at Jump Street Podcast on Instagram so we can feature it on the show. Uh, but this week is brought to us by Patreon supporter Chris Deister featuring George E. Wilson or Roy Snyder. It says both names on his account, so I don't know which name <laughs> he goes by. But it's a 360 head kick. Is that accurate, Billy? What do you think? I think it looks like a backflip head kick. To oh, me. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely wrong. That is a backflip head kick. Yeah. Head kick. <laughs> I, uh, like, I was just saying before how like if you Luke watch Kang it, backflip, it's kind of like kick. the LD that Chris Edwards used to do. Do you remember that? LD? The LD? No, no. It was called the long dick and he called it oh, L wow. LD for short so that the commentators on like TV could say ld but it really meant long dick <laughs> so he got away nice. with it but it looks like an ld and he kicked himself in the head if you go on instagram check him out george e wilson on instagram and i can't play the sound while we're talking but there's a nice big clack confirmation that he kicks himself in the head so uh that's awesome that's a fun one i like that one shout out to george e wilson or roy snyder whatever uh you go by because they're two completely different names. Um, we do have, last week on our episode, we had, uh, like Billy said, we had Sean Kelso on and Create Original sponsored the show. And we did a contest to give away, to give away a pair of uh, Create Originals Reflectio Sean Kelso frames. We had a cool little 
um, what do you call it? Like a quiz on the, on the website. We had a bunch, we had like 700 entries, which is insane. Uh, so we're going to pick a winner later on the show. So if you're one of those 700 people, stay tuned to see if you won a pair of the create original frames. Uh, but before, do, do, do you, do you have the, um, scores as well? I do have the scores. I said, we were going to shout out the, the winners. How many people did you think got a perfect score? 10 out of 10, Billy. Out of 700? Out of 700. Well, two people said I got 10 out of 10. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I, at I least two. At least two. So carry the I one. Would pro I would probably say out of 700. And, you know, some people could, you could cheat. Like, you know, like the, instead of just answer three, you can like look things up and do, do it like that. I wouldn't assume most people did that. I, I would, 11. Uh, 30. Wow. Which is, I, I was impressed too. I, I was thinking like five because they're pretty yeah. hard. I, I couldn't judge it because I helped make the question. So I knew the answers, but yeah. So like 30 of you, I don't want to like burn your ears by running through 30 names. So we'll shout you out on social media. Um, but props to you 30 people because it, it was tough. 30 out of 700 is pretty, pretty slim chances right there. So we will go through that and, later. But it, any note, any notable 10 out of 10s? Cause I know Pat Ritter said he got 10 out of 10. He did, but his name didn't show up unless he put a, an alias name on it. Mm. Um, but no, yeah, Pat Ritter did say he got 10 out of 10, but, um, yeah, that that's, there's no like, uh, Alex Brasco or John Julio's in there or anything like that, if that's <laughs> what you're getting at. Uh, but before we get to our guest, we have exciting news for the Jump Street online store. We got new merchant right now. I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. We got Billy, yours are on the way. We got a couple new, we got a new t-shirt. We have a crew neck as well. Super cool, super comfy. We have a nice crew neck. We switched it up from a hoodie last year. We did a hoodie last year. We're doing a crew neck this year. A um, little different swag for 2024. That's how we're going to do We got the Spaceman right here. This is no relation to the Mars, uh, skating on Mars conversation that we had on the other episode. Somebody made that reference. I found that pretty funny. But check out jumpstreetpodcast.com slash store to check out some of the new gear. This long sleeve that I'm wearing right now is super comfy. I'm sorry. If you're an audio listener right now, I apologize and I feel sorry for you that you can't witness this glorious Jump Street merch that we have right now. But... Check it out, jumpsheetpodcast.com slash store. Word. Anything I like else, it. Really? I, think you, I, I think you did a good job with that stuff. Thank you. Thank you. This is my, my space nerdiness coming out. Um, we could talk about this with our guest, too, because our guest designs all the gear and stuff for his brand as well. But without further ado, shall we welcome our guest, Billy? Yeah. All right. Without further ado, let's bring in our guest, Mr. Todd McInerney. Hello, Austin Paz and Billy O'Neill. Hey, Hello, man. Todd. We didn't have the applause for you last time. That's new, too. You stepped it up. Yes, I appreciate we have. it. And we I, I want to say right off the bat that I appreciate what you guys are doing. I'm, I'm a loyal listener. I've probably listened to every episode. And uh, you've enriched my life. And behalf, on behalf of all the Jump Street listeners, we owe you a big thanks. You guys are awesome, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate the love. Your your voices are awesome. Your New York <laughs> accents, I really appreciate. You've got cool voices. 
Thanks. You know, I, I actually I actually feel like over the years, like being that I've been in California for a while, that it's going away little by little, and I'm losing my identity day by day. But <laughs> the fact that you still hear, I still hear. Nice. Oh yeah, big time. That's nice. I appreciate that. I'll go home and I'll get teased by my family. Like, you're a California guy now. Like, yeah. I, I haven't done anything. My brother, my, my brother introduces me. And he's like, this is my brother from California. I'm like, I'm <laughs> damn, that's a burn right there. Yeah, damn. that is a burn. Is, is there a hard, ca- is there a hard Kamloops accent? Kamloop? What, what's someone from yeah. Kamloops called? Kamloopian? Kamloopianite? Kamloopsian. Kamloopsian. There's no, there's no cool way. See, I don't think we sound cool at all. Like Joey and I, our voices are very dorky. Um, I don't know why anyone would want to listen to us talk. I hate the sound of my voice, by the way. In comparison to like a New York accent, like you guys sound cool. I just, I sound like a dork. No, well, you know and, what I think And I'm it not is, from I, New York. Guys, I'm not from New York. I'm from Kamloops. But I think you sound <laughs> informed. And my name like, isn't Austin Paz or Billy O'Neill. It's Todd McInerney. Like some you, guy, you, some you guys. You have three names in one luck. though. You have three names in one. Todd, it's there's bad. Mac, and there's Ernie. Let's, Let's get it right off the bat. It's it's a bad name. I don't think it's no a one, bad name. No I one, think it's listen, listen, listen. No one is gonna put. No one's ever gonna give me a pro skate, Billy. If you had a mesmer that said McInerney on the boot, <laughs> would that sell? We'd have to. We'd have to be like <laughs> Todd Mac or something like that. We'd have to. Todd Todd Mac. You'd, have to ch- you'd have to change it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because you, you like wouldn't put I, Mac and Ernie. No one would. Eight buy letters that. is a lot. Eight letters is a lot. You know, anything. Yo, it's a bad name. Seven is tough. Yeah. Yo, Todd, you've been going about this all wrong. You just needed an alias. Well, I guess you do have a few aliases, but Todd Mac sounds pretty badass, if you ask me. No yeah, one fucks with Todd Mac. Good. No one fucks with Todd Mac. No one does. That's true. No one. Also, but shout I, out to your studio background. Whatever you have going on there, that's awesome. That's nice, eh? That's fake. What do you mean it's fake? No, it's no, not. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? It's it, it's very exciting to have you back on. This is your second appearance on Jump Street. It's been a while since we had you on the first time, but both times Almost four years. But yeah, it's you know crazy. What? And, and, and you're always welcome. But uh, both times you reached out and you said it's my time to be on, and we said okay. I feel like something from one of our earlier episodes triggered you actually for this episode. I'm curious if that was the case. You're like, I want to discuss some of your predictions. Was it like a triggering thing, or was it something you just wanted to weigh in on? You know what it was? It was Brain God. Mm. I got high on Brain God. And uh, it, it caused me to reach out to Austin and say, I want to speak publicly. Um, and that's the power of the skate video. A good skate video. It can affect you. It can make you high. It can change your perspective. And it can make you do crazy things. Um, so I, we owe this episode to Brain God. Ooh, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I was going to say, and I don't mean to cut you off, Austin, but um, I'm going to let you finish, but I had to Kanye you real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I, th- I think what you can do, and I know this is one of our topics, we have a few topics for those who are joining us today. Uh, Todd has brought forth a few topics that we could randomly discuss, open table talk, and one of them is kind of talking about how social media is not necessarily good for blading. And I'm sure that the brain God revelation with the skate video is part of that. And um, it's funny when you think about it, just like, you know, you see the raw stuff uh, on, on the internet, on Instagram, 
it could be exciting to watch and it could be very gratifying. And if you did the trick, it's gratifying to put it out and get feedback off the, off the bat and all these things. But you're not, you know, when you see something like Brain God or something that's a well thought out idea, that's all cohesive. It does make you feel a certain way. So do you want to like go off on that for a second? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, Austin, can you change it so that I can see you guys at all times? I don't think I'm so. hating the fact that like I start talking and then I only see me. Do you want to just I rock wanna, this? I want to look at you guys. Okay, yeah. we'll rock. We'll rock this just for you. Thank you, Mr. Thank Mac. You. I appreciate that. Just for yeah. you, Todd Mac. Because I want to we'll talk this. to Austin and Billy. I want to look you guys in the eye. Okay, so listen. When I was like 14, Christmas Day. Okay, it's Canada. There's. It was back in the 90s, so there was like over a meter of snow. Like we we're snowed in. Under my Christmas tree was smell the glove. The medium team video. Mm -hmm. And I watched that video. And it got me so high. It got me so pumped that I went onto my roof because I, I couldn't go skating. I climbed onto my roof and I did mute grabs off of my roof into the snow. Wow. And if I had watched like an Instagram clip on Christmas morning, do you think I would climb up onto my roof and go jump off it? I might be like, oh, that's really cool. That's really amazing what uh, Takeshi Yasutoko just did. Like, I wouldn't have climbed onto my roof. Like, the power of a good skate video, I'm sure you guys can relate. The first time you watched My Daily Routine, Hoax 2, Amateur, like, this this shit has the power to like change your whole perspective like to get you so pumped it's an extremely powerful art form and like social media i would argue that we have less talented editors because of social media and instagram because so many people are just putting their clips up they're not co contributing to a full length video there's less people that are focused on making a full video. Um, and I do, th yeah, I think we have a shortage of talented video editors. And you have to shout out the people that uh, contribute in that way, like Andrew Numeroski. I already mentioned Brain God and the effect that it had on me. Um, I was excited that Jeff Howard put out a like a full length video revamped. That was That was really cool. But I do think that social media is is bad for skating in a way like it's bad for the general stoke of our culture like like the the experience of of watching your instagram on your phone is so low level it's so like mediocre i mean it's nice to see people skating and stuff but there's no impact there, there's a there's a lot less impact and, and I know I sound like an old man, like social media is the death of us and, and we should go back to the good old days when we made skate videos. I know that, but like, there's a, I, I think there's a lot of truth to it. And also like, do you remember back in the day, like you would get a new VHS or a new DVD and it had been a few years since you had seen the skaters in that video. And when you popped it in and you watched it, there was this shock value of like, oh my God, look what he's wearing. Look, Jeff Fredericks is wearing sweatpants. This is blowing my mind. You can't wear sweatpants. Or like someone's doing a certain trick that you've never seen before. With social media, 
you, you see the slow progression of people. So then when you see them in a full video, it's less shocking. You're like, yeah, I know he's wearing sweatpants now. I know he's doing this trick. I know, you know, like it, it takes away from that awe that we used to experience. Yeah, I've noticed that with, I don't know if they specifically do this, but like Alex Brosco, Soshiro, like big high profile names, they're on social media, but they don't really post that often. And I feel like that's part of the reason why they're like, they thought it out where they're, they're filming for a certain part. So they want to wait for that part for their skating to be showcased. And right. I never asked them personally about that, but that's always been the way I thought about that too. And I feel like skating is going back to that full skate video more and more like you guys have been doing it forever um billy you guys do that with mesmer more now like a couple times a year like once or twice a year whatever it is um the plastic pusher videos come out once a year everyone pretty much by this point looks forward to like a plastic pusher like it was i know i do like it's almost like it's a vg or something because it comes out the same time every year uh but yeah uh, i feel like that is part of what built us as skaters and what could build like a, a new generation. I know it's a little different now, but there is something impactful about sitting on your couch, watching it on a TV compared to like a phone, like right. having a drink, maybe having some friends around because you don't gather with your friends around and watch something on your phone. You know, that's right. like just for you. You don't really get hyped by yourself watching skating. You can definitely show like a clip on your phone and everyone gather around and look at it. But like, I think to Todd's point, it, it does <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't make. It's not the an same occasion. Than, it's not an you know, occasion. It doesn't, it, 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 you're not getting the same experience, and I think you know there. We're at a place that's really interesting because we're in this like kind of instant gratification era of like how we have access to put this kind of footage out, but it's also like a time where I feel like people are less. They're less um, inclined to make these kind of full length videos. Because I feel like they're not remembered as long as they once were because of how social media is. So people don't really feel incentivized to put that work in on like a super long project, which is, I think, part of the reason why I think it's more rare. Like, wh what do you think about that? Yeah, I think there's like this this pressure to have a presence and to constantly upload. Um, so it's hard. It takes a unique person to have the patience to stack their their footage and sit back. Um, and there's, there's a lot of people on Instagram there that are incredible skaters, but you only see them on Instagram. So you, you don't get that heightened level of experience with them. Right. And therefore I don't think their skating has as much impact as it could. Um, but I do think, uh, I think people are realizing this and I hope this is on my 2024 wish list is that more people post less and uh, create full-length videos. I would love to see that. Wow. Yeah, people need that dopamine hit, I think, about like posting. I know I know personally certain people who need that. Um, yeah, there's some like dopamine that you <laughs> post. Need it. Yeah, you, 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 cause when you get you hooked put on it. it, it's an addiction. It is. Like, yeah, we're all addicted to it. Social media and, in general is not, an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'd all be better off not having Instagram or not having like, I mean, phone addiction is so common. Everyone has it. Um, and it kind of messes with your ability to appreciate a full length video. Like it fucks with your attention span. So I think less people are, are willing to sit for a half hour 
and take in a, wor a world uninterrupted. They're probably, if they do, they probably are holding their phone. They're probably looking at clips on Instagram while they're watching the video. I don't think uh, people, yeah, it's messing with our ability to appreciate. I, I completely agree with that. Like it really doesn't, like the way the attention spans are kind of trained to be nowadays based on social media and like the quick swipe of everything. It's hard to like be as engaged, like you said, you could like, or just like allow yourself to be immersed, like in watching a video, which is even, I remember even like having this conversation with John when we were talking about things like he would like Bellino would be like, Oh dude, no, I don't want to nothing over 30 minutes. Like I don't want to see anything long. And I feel like that that's part of like a newer mentality. And you know, this, this is a conversation dating back to like a year ago, but just, um, I think if it is going to be something that you you go after and try to make like an hour long thing, 45 minutes of full length, it's it's really important your pedigree, like what you're able to do because as like a oh, filmmaker yeah. and, and, and an editor, because it's it can be in this age of like whether we like it or not, we have like shorter attention spans, whether it's trained to be that way or just like a, a result of like being on social media or being addicted to your phone. Um, that it is, it has to be something really engaging for for it to to work in that way. Yeah, it better be a damn good video if it's an hour, right? Like it better be really good. Like I think the like the right bar now. for for what a full length video is has changed. Like I would consider like a fifteen to twenty minute could be in my mind a full video. Mm -hmm. Or just a YouTube no. video of Same. any kind. <laughs> like it's, that's it's what like, I'm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Five minutes is like a, a full length video nowadays, kind of, because it's it's too long for the one minute Instagram reel limit. You know. Right. I mean, yeah. Even that. Even that is, I think, better. Like at least, at least you're not passively consuming it. You're you're selecting it. You're like you see it. Like even if it's a five minute edit on YouTube, you're gonna give it a little bit more attention. But there's something about the full video with like with and we saw this with brain god with with levels and like mo different moods that come through and the world can evolve in in a way and take you to places that you wouldn't otherwise go to with you know a, sh a short edit or definitely not an instagram clip um and when i say when i talk about like getting high off of a video i've never experienced this with like a short edit it, there's there's what we refer to as the good skate video feeling and it's hard to describe but it's this feeling that you get in the midst of a skate of a good video and it usually kicks in at like i don't know seven minutes in five minutes in ten minutes in and it, it evolves and it changes um yeah more full videos yeah billy always mentions the term replay value. And I feel like right. that's how you know it's a good video too, if there's replay value. If you've seen it more than, nowadays, if you've seen it more than once, I would say it has good replay value because of people's attention spans. And that's what the problem with Instagram too is because you see a clip on your feed and you're like, oh, that was sick, you like it, and you scroll by and you never see that clip again. You never see it again. So with right. a full length video or even just YouTube in general, it's easy to type in on YouTube brain god or whatever even though brain god's not on youtube but like whatever video you want to see you type it on youtube it pops up you can't necessarily do that on instagram or other social media platforms you can't you could type in the person's name but then you're scrolling through their feed like oh was this it and like by that time you lost interest yeah. already because you know we have a five second attention span but uh you, well, so what what did you like about brain god so much that it's like got what, you this high yeah. what you got something billy first 
Yeah, I, I, I want, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to kind of like hold on to this before we track off real quick. But um, I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm, actually, I'm actually wondering if like the, uh, even the nature of social media, how like you have so much like access to comment on like these like people who you watch in videos who you may or may not look up to who are like pros or whatever the case. I felt like when there was more allure in the back in the day with the skate videos, like maybe partially because it's a skate video and there's like a whole meaning behind it. But like the skaters seem like far away, like, you know, which I mean, I feel like it made them bigger because like, oh, yeah. you know, I, could, I couldn't go on like Latimer's like Instagram and be like, ah, fuck you, Latimer or whatever, <laughs> just right. like tro or whatever, just like have any access to contact or what, anything like that. So I don't know. I think that, making that kind of boundary, which I think brain God achieved and like other videos of the past, like achieve, like it like elevates blading in that way. And then maybe that's partially the thing of the thing that's, yeah, I don't know. Now I kind of, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's not just in role blading. Like I think so, uh, celebrity in general, we idolize celebrities a lot less, which, which is good in a way it's more realistic, yeah. but with, with the way that media is today, like, I don't know, there's no, there's no Brad Pitt's, there's no Michael Jackson's like there are obviously stars, but it's, it's the impact isn't as high. Like there's less of the like crowds of screaming girls, like that used to hang out outside where the Beatles were landing. You don't see that ever. Do you, do you see people screaming for people? Is yeah, that happened. That, that, that Mishima showed up at Winter Clash last year. Mishima showed up. There was oh, a crowd of girls yeah, screaming for him. Yeah. Really? <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I, amazing. I, I mean, yeah, Winter, Winter Clash is like the one place where like you would find it. But like even like you know you think back to like hoax two of them like front flipping off of the you yeah, know man. RV into like a group of you know a few hundred people. I don't know. It just see, it just seems like uh, to create that. Um, kind of thing seems more difficult today, but maybe yeah. it's a part of that too. Well, yeah. part of it is that everybody has a platform. You know, you used to be, you have, you used to have to be really good for like a, a filmer to be like, oh, I want to film you and I want to stack your footage and, and edit it and put it in a video. Whereas now everyone is their own videographer, you know, and everyone is, yeah, everyone has a platform. It's the same in like music. You used to need a label to come around and say, wow, you're really good and talented. Let's put some money behind you. Whereas everyone, everyone can put it out now. But mm -hmm. uh, I have to mention how weird it is. Like, cause I, I watch this show all the time and I, and I'm looking at Austin and Billy and usually I'm listening to like another guest <laughs> and, and to be here, like talking to you guys is kind of, we've done this out. before. We've done this before. <laughs> Yeah. This is our first rodeo together, Todd. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's my second time, but it, it's equally as weird. So we should do this more often then is what you're saying. I'm down. You guys down are fun too. to hang out with. I'm down I too. I like you guys. You also. Were you drinking? <laughs> how many drinks do you have there? You switching up? You drinking like a coffee before? You got a water now or vodka? What's going on over there? Two. Two? Two. Okay. I, got some, I got some water. Classic. Okay. <laughs> I got some coffee. There we go. Had to stay awake black coffee. I usually don't drink coffee this late, but it's a special occasion. I'll have a couple sips. Usually I cut off my caffeine intake around noon because uh, I'm, I'm into sleep. I like sleeping. 
Mm. And I hate, I hate not being able to sleep. It's the sleeping worst. Sleeping is Lying nice. There, I like, love sleeping. Tr- yeah, but trying to sleep is so bad. Like when you're kind of wired on caffeine or you're amped up and you're trying to pretend like you're not, you're trying to pretend like it's sleepy time, but it's not working. I hate that. Well, well, hopefully we go nice and high here and it goes so high you just crash after and you get a nice sleep, you know? Hopefully. Yeah. Nice. I, I was laughing at your uh, reaction to sleep, Billy, that, mm, that you did. Cause I know you I love, love sleep sleeping. so much. When, yeah, when I, the best. When, when <laughs> I, I told, so me and Billy are similar in a lot of ways, but we're also extremely different in a lot of ways. I remember when I told you, Billy, that I, w- I don't like sleeping. It blew your mind, like completely <laughs> blew your mind. And I guess yeah. Todd, you don't like sleeping. I, I, I respect that you have to sleep, but I always say, I, okay, calm down. Who doesn't like sleeping? I, I respect sleeping, but I wish that I could. I respect sleeping. I, I wish I was like an iPhone where you could just plug me in at night and I could work while I charge. I hate that I have to fucking sit there for eight hours in a bed and do nothing. I hate that. Wow. Are you, you're like hyperactive, like workaholic? I like being busy, I guess, and productive, I guess you could say. Yeah. But maybe that's a little bit of FOMO too. I don't know. But I've always been like that. I, I've always thought that. And yeah. I remember I told that to Billy and he, he blew his mind. And that's what it reminded me of when he had that mm, reaction to like you mentioning sleep. I was like, oh, Billy loves his sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, I'm just thinking like if, if you're if like sore from skating or like exhausted a long day of work, like nice hot shower, a meal, you just tonked out, you throw on a flick, man, there's nothing like sleeping. But so good. respect. I like to respect. go to bed early. I respect it. You must yeah. stay up late and avoid the sleeping. I used to, but I've been trying to go to sleep earlier and wake up earlier. More responsible, you know. That's good. I don't have like kids either. So it's like, I'm sure it's different right. on a different schedule like that too. Yeah. You don't have that forced wake up time. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. got like the three cats now. So Austin's yeah, one of them is going to turn around. He's going to have like Dude, 10. you, Austin, you need to have kids. And let me tell you why. <laughs> You're okay. uh you still have your girlfriend? Yeah. You're together? Yeah. Okay. If you to have a child, that child, first off, his last name will be Paz. So that's dope. But also that child will be one of the only people on the earth that can say my mommy and daddy can both 360 topsole. <laughs> you think that'll be the first? I this think so. <laughs> I do think so. NBD. NBD. That's a that's a new style of NBD right there. That's taking NBD to another level. My kids' parents can't even say that my daddy can 360 topsail. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she's in the group chat. She's in the live chat right now. So you hear this, baby? <laughs> Hop on that's that. Funny. Be a first that's NBD hilarious. right there. Yeah, for real. Um, kid might, yeah. Sorry. You were going to say something... Clever and witty. No, Billy, I'm interrupting. sorry. I'm Go sorry. Go on. Uh, I was going to say, um, we have a few topics to get to, and like f- six, right? So we should, we should I, I actually want to get to the anti one. Because yeah, I'm curi- let's I'm, do I'm, it. I'm, cu- I'm curious your take, because I felt like something that was like a trigger, a triggering thing, or like at least something that sparked uh, an idea for wanna, wanting to have a conversation. So what is your take on my prediction? For those who haven't watched the episode, I made a prediction for what would happen in 2024 and beyond and that we'd see, you know, there was a big switch to a lot of people going flat. Like so many people just went to flat in in one time. It was a big transition. And 
my prediction was that some people are going to come back for that. I've already seen some people come back. Uh, I've transitioned back, you know, not full time, but like now, like 75% of the time I'm skating anti. What's your take on that? I think you're absolutely correct. Um, personally, I'm excited to skate anti-rocker this year. And just thinking about uh, anti-rocker in general, it's, I think it's the ideal setup for aggressive traditional skating. Um, grinds feel incredible in anti-rocker. Your, your skates are light. Um, I think a lot of people unnecessarily skate flat because it might be trendy. It might be cool when they could probably skate better in anti. And if you think about a lot of your favorite sections, um, a lot of my favorite sections are people in anti-rocker. And I also think, so this leads me to something else I wanted to talk about. I think 2024 was a really boring year for rollerblading. 2023. 2023, 2023 sorry. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, I think we were at the tail end of an era in 2023 um whether you want to call it like the swively bop era the the garnish era the wizardy era um i think we were at the tail end and we were a little bit uh you know exhausted and ready for something new and i'm, I'm not saying that that style of skating will go away definitely people are always going to add garnish, they're always going to swively bop, that type of deal. But I think we're entering a new era. And I'm not exactly sure what this era is. But the way I'm thinking about it, and the, what I wish for and hope for, and what kind of what I saw in Brain God, even though it was filmed throughout the last few years, it felt forward thinking to me in a sense is that we're entering a trendless era. Trendless in terms of the clothing that people wear. I, I, I feel like we're going to see a, a wide variety of fashion choices, a wide variety of fits. Not everyone's going to be baggy. There's going to be slim and baggy and everything in between. And I think for skating styles, I think we're entering a, a trendless era where like We've done like we've built so many different aspects of our sport that I don't think there's going to be like a hot th thing, like a hot new thing. I think it's going to be everything. And I think everyone is going to be really free to just be themselves, um, wh whether they want to add the garnish, whether they don't. I think it's going to we're we're going to be liberated from that kind of trend that we've been in the midst of for the last few years. At least that's my thinking. I think the whole world is like, there's going to be a lot of chaos in 2024. You know, Austin mentioned AI. We've got possibility of World War III. We've got a tumultuous presidential election happening in the United States. And also, there's elections happening all over the world. There's like 50 countries having elections in 2024. I think it's, it's going to be a year of chaos, so buckle up. But for rollerblading... I think we're going to have a year of chaos as well. And I'm excited for it. I, uh, I want to see like brain God, like 
the fashion, for instance, in, in, in Brain God. It didn't feel like there was one cool way to dress. It was like everyone was so different and um, some videos you watch and there's kind of a clear fashion trend with a video. It was refreshing to see Brain God. Um, there were so many different ways of dressing and so many different ways of skating. Like there was, there were even skaters that were, you could tell they were a little bit novice. They were in like their infancy of, of skating. And there was something really refreshing about that, that uh, there was like really, really progressive skating alongside, you know, cool, interesting, fun skating, but, but clearly uh, less proficient, less developed. Um, there were so many different styles. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that, that was his mic drop, the coffee grab. I thought there was more to that one, hence the awkward there, pause. There might be. Okay. There, yeah. <laughs> Billy, were you about to say something? I don't know if... No, you go ahead. I, I was going to be good. I, uh, I was going to say something, but it's going to kind of drift off topic, so I'm going to try to save it for now. But Okay, so like, I, I just want to add to it then, okay, so, go, so, go. so we can stick on topic. But um, so the... I think that's a very uh, observant, like a very like good, astute observation because I, I was kind of getting that feeling too that like... Because even like everyone was like kind of when you learn something new on Blades or you see something new, like everyone has to learn it. It's like a new whatever, like a in anything. If you see something right. like in like I guess whatever. If, There's a you know, new hot move that everyone that has to learn. It and could, you're like, oh my god, it, that's so sick. It could be like, a, da it could be like a dance move. You know what I mean? Like if there's some right. new dance move or like some new like when like the I don't know. I don't even want to talk about like but when Bobby. Schmerder, it's like Colin Kelso is like Christ. Christ Machios. Right. Or you like, know, the, you know, he made the it look swivels. so good. Everyone has to had to try that. And the swivels were a big thing too. And like, even right. like when, uh, I remember Sean Kelso always doing like doing a grind and like slide this way and then come back and there were all these. So there was like a lot of incentive and like a lot of ideas like that were relating to skating flat that people were like, okay, like, cause I remember even just like trying the swivel stuff at the skate park and it would like, turn more into cess slide a lot of the time. And right. John was like, nah, man, you got to skate flat, you know, do that. Like, okay, it's cool. You, <laughs> you skate flat and you realize, you realize, yeah, you get that. But there's also like other things that like, I, I like, I think flat skaters, a lot of the time, like hardcore, like flat is anything else is wrong other than flat skating mentality. Like often think that, oh, you could do anything on flat that you can do on anti and i i don't really even think i don't really think that's right and like you said there's like the correct it feels better it's like it could be like the most efficient setup that you could have in relation to uh, aggressive rollerblading something i was talking to austin about before the show kind of it's related to the topic but kind of off what i'm the point i'm making now but i don't think there's anyone in japan who skates flat like everyone who i see in japan they all skate like the traditional um anti-rocker setup and you see like how efficient they are on a lot of those guys are on like uh you know p rails grind boxes it feels like that's like the point of focus in their skating it's like high grind uh you know and technicalities like that 
Yeah, I think anti works better for smaller humans. Um, so that would make sense. Um, like, how much do you guys weigh, Billy? How much do you weigh? Um, one seventy something. Okay, Austin. I'm like one forty-eight pounds. One forty-eight. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you do pounds. Yeah, pounds. I don't know what that is. In um, well, so I'm not a lot bigger than Billy. I'm one eighty. Mm. But I am bigger. I think I think for larger humans, they probably want flat rocker because there's a lot more pressure on the front and back. Um, but I I think it's a silly it's a silly argument to be like you should skate this way or that way. You should skate whatever feels best for you. And that's what mm -hmm. like uh, I think in the trendless era, people will just really focus on what what makes me happiest when I'm skating, what works best for me. Um, and I'm still going to probably drift around to different setups. Um, but I encourage everyone to, uh, not look, not look down towards your anti-rocker brothers. We're, we're skaters too. Okay. And just because we choose to ride four wheels instead of eight, it doesn't make us lesser than you. Okay. <laughs> Let's be accepting in our community. Okay. Diversity is okay. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually just kind of kind of go off on that. Like, you know, if, if, if you play it out, if you think about it, the a, a trendless error would suggest a less judgmental uh, group, right? I feel like that's like a prerequisite of having a trendless error because what creates trends yeah. is kind of setting the standards of whether it be dress, fashion, or efficiency, proficiency on said thing, rollerblades in this case. But if we're entering a trendless era, then it, it would be you know, a, a prerequisite, like I said, would be like a more accepting uh, group where everyone's just like, Definitely. oh, okay, cool. So you see that on the on the horizon as well. Yeah. And understanding that everybody's body works differently. People's feet are shaped differently. Um, you know, things are going to feel different for everybody, you know. So it's it's stupid to say you should skate a certain size wheel like, you know, um, find what works best for you. Todd, I recall on our last episode that we had with you, you were leaving anti-rocker because you said it hurt your knees. Right. Is that not the case anymore? Have you worked right. on that? Austin, Austin, Todd, Todd, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the guy that was on your show <laughs> four years ago, I could beat the fuck out of that guy. I'm way better than that guy. Um, my knees are incredible now knock on wood enlightened so how, how, how have you done this in your old age i think okay so knees over toes so google knees over toes like i've been doing this pretty religiously for the last two or three years and it's it, it has changed my knee game atg split squats poliquin step ups reverse nordic nordic curls okay like i can do things now that so I started doing these reverse Nordic curls. Okay. It's when you're on your knees, butt to heels. Okay. Um, I would do it and I would put my ottoman behind me, like a short mm. ottoman and I could lean back literally yeah. like 10 degrees, you know, that's where I started and I can put my back to the floor now in that position. So my, my mobility, 
has drastically changed. Um, so I think my knees are prepared to skate anti-rocker. That's a plus. Yeah, that's cool. Did Well, I, I feel like because it's the opposite for me. When I go to like a wizard setup, my knees hurt because I'm not used to those movements. Like it, it takes like yeah. training, I guess, like a few sessions to get to it, which is funny because a lot of people say that it's like the quote old thing to do, like to well, transition the wizard from aggressive because it's better on your knees. But I felt like yeah. the opposite almost. But I guess it's just whatever. Well, you got bitch ass knees. I probably do have bitch ass knees. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not here doing knees over toes no, no, like no. you are i can't do a reverse um, nordic curl though i'm looking it up right now and i'm like oh i didn't know there was a name for that now i'm all self-conscious is that what it's called let me see reverse <laughs> it's like when you're leaning all the way back and you have like your legs yeah 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 exactly i got it right that just um, blows people's minds um that when, so when you see someone do that because i guess most people can't do that i never knew i that. couldn't do it but yeah if I can slowly increase my range of motion, like I've had uh, surgery on my knees, like on my knee. Um, if I can do that, I think anyone can do that because you can start from anywhere. Just start from where you are able to do it. Even if you can't move back, like there's a way to do it where you just kind of move, sit your butt up a little bit and back down. Same with the ATG split squat, same with the Poliquin, like all the knees over toes stuff is scalable, meaning like you can like you could have your mom do these exercises. You can start from anywhere and slowly increase your range of motion and how much you can weight bear. So mm -hmm. it's really good for people who have crappy knees. Like if you're dedicated, you can improve your knee and leg strength. How many and, days a week are you doing this? Well, I work out every single day, but the knees over toes stuff, maybe t a couple days a week, maybe twice a week. Every single day? Every day, yeah. You, you don't take a day? No. You don't see this what's guy? Why would I take a day? What's, <laughs> what's, 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 what's your slowest day during the week look like? I don't have a slow day. <laughs> so what, 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 what's your average day look like at the gym? I'm, I'm not intense and I don't, I don't even go to the gym. I work out at home. Um, and I u only work out for like 20 minutes. Usually when I do the knees over toes stuff, it takes me a little bit longer, maybe 40 minutes, but, um, yeah, I only work out for like 20 minutes a day, like nice. really intense. That's what doctors I, recommend. Like 20, 20 minutes of workout a day. Like 20 minutes minutes of hell. Yeah. Hit kettlebells, um, core work, leg work. Yeah. What kind of cardio are you doing in that? Hit. Hit? Nice. Yeah. Like intense cardio. I don't really do. I don't run. I don't want to run. Running I, sucks, I, yeah. Yeah. I would rather it be really vigorous, really intense. Like I don't want to go, like I go, I go run maybe a couple of times a year and I'm like, this is bullshit. I could just do this for hours. Like I'm barely <laughs> even. And I mean, if I had time on my hands, sure. I'll go run for like, you know, forever. But uh, I am very busy, um, so I like to condense my workout into a, a short period of time, get well, it we, in, and then carry on with my, with my life. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to sit and chat with us. Hopefully, we're not interrupting any workout schedules of yours. Uh, a friend of mine last week, just 
he's been doing knees over toes as well. And he said how it changed his knee game also because he has knee problems yep. too. And uh, it, it was funny because like a day or two afterwards, you messaged me about how knees over toes changed the game for you. So I like yep. how that flowed into the transition back into anti-rocker skating and that you're ready for that in 2024. And you said that part of your 2024 wish list was to see less uh, social media, I guess, skating or whatever. What else is on your 2024 wish list? I want, I want to see more runs in contests. I want to see more run formats. Um, did you guys see the Takeshi Yasutoko clip that he just posted on Instagram? I see every. Of course, Takeshi I saw some addicted clip. to Instagram. But um, <laughs> was it the one where he grabs one. the pole? Like he grabs the no, pole no. to spin? No, no. He he put one up like an hour ago. And okay. it was just one oh, line. I didn't see that. At, was that, a, that at a skate park. That gray skate park? It was park? basically, yeah, it was that like park a contest like run. A, yeah. And also I'll cite Dominic Bruce at Blading Cup, even though I don't, th- I don't know what the format was. I don't know if it was runs, but that was like the most exciting footage that I saw from that event was Dominic Bruce doing lines around the park. I just think that rollerblading is so exciting in a run format. And it's also like more digestible for for people to watch. Like they get to just, I don't know. There's 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 one person. Like they understand that. Like you know, figure skating, for instance. Like the person goes, they have whatever time limit, a minute, a minute and a half, all eyes on them. And you can, it's more clear to say like, okay, that guy's the winner. He consistently did all of these moves. He didn't stumble. His level of difficulty was really high. Um, yeah, I think my, just, I'm just saying that I love watching like old ASA footage. Um, there's just something watching a person do lines as opposed to like stumbling around, trying to do like a really hard trick, falling, stumbling back, trying to do it again. It's just, it, it, it's not as dope to me. I want to see more lines. I want to see like I want to have like 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 uh, announcers like all right up next we got Alex Broskow, Alex dropping in in five four three two and there's music playing and it's Alex Broskow for the next minute minute and a half what can you do on the course how 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 much flow do you have like there's so much beauty like when someone puts together a solid line it's so sick like Aaron Feinberg winning the X Games when he was 16 and. Everyone knew that he had won because his run was so good. And then at the end, Arlo picks him up. Yeah, the D- Dominic Bruce's Blading Cup performance at whatever 2022, whatever like that, was incredible. You are right. And I think part of what makes the line so good is that it got better. It got progressively better throughout the run. Like he started out with like a sick trick, like oh shit, everyone's going crazy, and then like another one, and another one. And it got better, and he thought like he couldn't do yeah. anything better, and he just kept going, and that's what kept the amplitude up so much at Blading Cup, and that is part of what I think the surprise. It's like a surprise element almost in a way because oh, yeah. you could do a line where it's just like a bunch of chill tricks, like okay, soul this, front side that, three sixty that, but like Dominic was on fire that day, and I think that's what makes a good skater into a great skater is like that. You could really get the crowd going on all those tricks, just one after another, better every time. It's kind of like a street fighter, like with combos, it just like adds up to all the points. That's what Dominic Bruce was right. doing at that. It was awesome. And there's so much opportunity for showmanship. 
you know, because everybody stops and everybody looks at the one person. It's so simple. It's not as chaotic as these normal contests that we have where there's like heats and there's like 12 different people skating and, and you miss things and you don't know where to look. Like two people do things at the same time. And it's like, oh, I missed this guy because I was looking at this guy. There's a level of focus involved. And like, I feel like when that person lays down that flawless line, it's going to be so memorable for everyone watching. So this is like, um, mainly, obviously you could do this on the street too. Lines are great. I think it like shows a bit of someone's personality and more digestible. Like you're talking about than just like individual. What the fuck is that? My, my cat keeps <laughs> okay, my cat control keeps your cat. <laughs> keyboard hitting the horn. I, gotta, I kept I thinking I was just dropping like hammers over here. Like, oh, he's dropping my, the sound my cat, effect for My me. cat thinks you're dropping hammers right now. I don't even know how he does that. I didn't I even know the there was a shortcut. Agrees. The cat agrees. We need more runs. Okay, yes. But so, so, so we would need more like uh, contests that can accommodate that, right? Like, right. So I guess. And yeah, obviously you need like a certain course that works for that format. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, for street contests, obviously it might not, it might not work. You know, I'm talking specifically like park comps. I think that, that that would be cool. It'd be cool to see like at when I think at Winter Clash they'll just like unleash like four or five people. That would be interesting to just put one person out at a time. But I know for the skater that could be like nerve wracking, you know. I know it's nerve wracking, but deal with it. <laughs> so how long of a run are you? Oh, thinking? I'm nervous. Everyone's looking at me. Shut up. If just, you're, yeah. <laughs> if you're skating I, I, I mean, a contest, you're in the spotlight regardless like of what it is if right. you're there for one trick or whatever but what do you think is a good length for a contest run because if you look back at like the first NIST, question it was like 60 seconds plus like 90 seconds that's an insane amount of time to be skating that is for. insane yeah. what do you think and is like I'm an appropriate no, time i'm the wrong person to talk to because i really don't have a lot of ex i haven't even been to a contest in like years so like yeah i'm the wrong person to talk to but it could be shorter you know it could be 45 seconds a, a minute i'm not mm -hmm. i'm not sure um a minute's pretty long it is pretty long yeah you better you better be training That's yeah true. i was about to say not you for better todd. be in camp not for, todd, not for todd when he's doing his hit yeah let's yeah <laughs> that's the thing you gotta be you gotta be ready to go you gotta be ready ready for battle that's it man yeah wow. i think i think um a lot of contests like winter clash is kind of it's kind of like that but like when they introduce you you get like either one trick or you just keep going i think that's what blading cup was too like you just keep going yeah. until you stop kind of thing which is yeah. i think a fair concept because if you fall no one wants to watch you skate after that just sit down let someone else go you know yeah. like it just run until you go if you could go for a minute kill it for a minute if you could only do 15 20 seconds whatever that's cool too and that is cool yeah that was a cool format i liked that yeah it's more reasonable like the, i think the heats and and you could do a line if you were so inclined um but i do feel like if 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 rollerblading was ever in the olympics that's what the format would have to be is runs like for a if you if you think about it for for mass consumption like if rollerblading's ever like watched like if people watch it like they watch ufc or they watch figure skating or um what's another sport where they do runs I don't know. I don't even know if Street League is uh, runs run based, but it just seems like the most consu consumable format. 
yeah, TV direction would be a little rough too. If like you're on the Olympics and there's like ten people going and like yeah. NBC is like, what do I do with the camera? No, yeah, no exactly. Idea. You want to film the one guy. All right. It's this guy for the next minute. That's who you're filming. Do your mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we, yeah, I think like there's been this movement away from that because people get nervous and because people don't have the cardio to do it for a minute and it's excuses. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally would love to see that. I think that's there's something there's something good about that, like old school competition format as well, where it's like the pressure and all that yeah. stuff. I feel like that that's yeah. that, that that goes that goes kind of with it, like having the nervousness be there. Exactly. And some people crumble under the pressure and, and some guys get elevated by the pressure. So it's yeah. just how do you how do you deal with that? And, you know, it's who's who's best at that moment. Montre kills it in those moments. Montre, yeah. Frankie, yeah. The, some of these guys live for right. those moments. Aragon, all those guys used to love those right, moments. Right, like the, the ASA dudes, like anyone who excelled in that era could perform when it was their turn. Yeah. And it's something that we could we would develop, right? Like the more that people do it, the better you're going to get at it. You know, if there's if that's kind of more common of a format, we'll we'll uh We'll get better at, at performing under that under those conditions. Well, can I can I give a little pushback? I'm I'm curious what what you think. Here. Give me a lot of pushback. Give me give okay. me as much pushback as you want. Well, no, because I come down to the legend here, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things are gonna get cut. Well, that's why you got to prepare with that 20 minutes ahead a day. You know what I mean? Anything can exactly. happen. Exactly. Exactly. You got to prepare. But buckle um, up. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people like back in the day when they would. Uh, criticized like that kind of competition format where it was like 60 second runs. I think the, the integrity of the trick would suffer a lot of the time because you're just trying to like pump out tricks. So you look at like an old school, like even though I really enjoy watching like the old X games and old ASA runs when they're just like 60 second runs, like, Oh, there were 12 tricks. This guy did. Let me try to pack in 15. Like, you know what I mean? So you like, you'll do like whatever running 360 in the midst of it all um right so do you do you think that sometimes like based on like those kind of formats that maybe the quality of the tricks could suffer there's an argument there that um and that is an argument that i hear is that people say um there isn't an opportunity for the skaters to showcase their full potential with a run i just think that like people are so focused on on those perfect flawless hammer moments as opposed to like I, I want to see a person skate around and i want to see the whole thing and even if the tricks aren't as perfect even if they're not as technical as something that might take you multiple tries it's something you can do consistently i still see more excitement and beauty in that yeah, because 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 I do I do think it brings like that that's like you said it brings a different it calls for a different type of mentality and focus and um, seeing who could rise to the occasion in those moments and like really yeah. being like the the most demanded out of you which is going to bring the best out of you essentially yeah. in those situations and it's it's not so much like what trick can you do if I give you ten tries it's what trick can you do consistently and when the pressure's on 
and coupled paired with other tricks. I don't know, just there's something that's lost in the like best trick format. Definitely. I will, I will say that if that's this... my kind of format though, I'm going to be honest. Like that's like <laughs> when I, when I, when I was doing my thing uh, back in the day in pro, I really enjoyed the best trick format because it's like, that was more, it spoke to me more as a street skater, you know, when we're just trying to like do the best tricks you can do. Um, right. It's definitely so, more like a natural session. That's like yeah. how a session would happen. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's it, it, I think it's like closer to like the battle format that we used to do in New York City, like play skate or things like that. Like try to do like the hardest trick to just like get somebody out of there. But um, yeah, it's it, it's uh, it, I think there's I, I I can see what you're saying that something is missing there, like that level of focus that is required to get like a 60 second line down it's not you know the, the focus definitely is needed for the best trick but it's just in a different way and a different kind of almost like almost like a different kind of hunger for it you know because you got to be like really on for that 60 second run you know right and even like when people do bad runs like when their runs suck it's still like really entertaining it's like it's fun to watch someone just like get Panic. all nervous and feel <laughs> yeah. embarrassed and miss a soul grind and like, yeah, ah, yeah. damn it. And like, yeah. it's something like so entertaining about that. Like if, if you think of it yeah. as a show, yeah, it's like the best way to watch a show is like one at a time. Let's see what you got. And if you suck, you can like heckle and throw tomatoes, whatever. Like it's a, yeah, that would be what? interesting. Watching humans give, it, give all the spectators at bitter cold, give them tomatoes. Throw them at yeah. people who miss their tricks. Watching humans be vulnerable is super entertaining. You know what I mean? Sure. Especially like uh, humans who you have on platforms. Um, yeah, that 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 vulnerability is. I think uh, every human can appreciate that. To exactly, some and it's like it's not just about like the winner or like the the person that's the best. Like it's about the whole experience. So. Yeah, I, I remember also like back in the day, like um, it must have been like 97, 98, 99 around there. But when I was like, uh, or it could have been even 2000, but it, I just remember being like, oh my God, Dustin Latimer is the best. He's the best. And that's it. He's the best. And then I remember like look, looking at an ASA and being like, oh, I wonder what place he got. And then like he got like eighth place or ninth place or something like. And I was like, because I was still like a young kid, like not able to connect those ideas because i was like right, right. Oh, you're, you're, if you're the best you, you you win right like but and then like people who were like back in the and i was like he could beat everyone but wait he didn't he ninth place and then like you didn't see those latimer lines uh on like the asa you'd see like one-off tricks here and there but um yeah it just but speaks to, when, like but yeah but then yeah. when you did like once in a while you're right like oh yeah when you was, did yeah you'd see it on tv be like oh matt salerno and like Jaron Grob, no disrespect to Jaron Grob, it's amazing. No, but no, like, yeah. you wouldn't see like the core street skaters that you loved as a kid. But once in a while, you would see like, oh, up next is like Dustin Latimer, or like, oh my god, like your mind would be like, Dustin Latimer is on TV right now, and you got to watch his whole line. Um, yeah, there's a there, and again, I'm probably just an old man. We need to do runs. I was gonna say if <laughs> if if runs came back. Takeshi <laughs> would take everything, yeah. Because like the he way he skate, like 
like you said, his Instagram thing, like, why wasn't he skating parks like that back in the day? He was only on vert, but he, like, skates that good on vert on regular park, too. He skates street, too. Like, you see it now because of Instagram, whatever. And he He would dominate. It's true. Yeah, he he destroys that park. He did a run a few years ago at Feast. um, And it was one of the first times I saw him skate outside of vert. It was one of the best runs I've ever seen ever in like all time and he got like third somehow i'm like how the hell is that possible i don't remember who won but i was like he's the best ever and he would just dominate any kind of line format park well you know what and and this this is going to bring it back if blading is going to go more in the run format which i I hope it does i i I don't like i would love to see that i don't believe you I, i don't think you hope it does (laughs) <laughs> i would i would actually love to see that you know, okay. i'm a fan of blading man i would, I would enjoy that <laughs> um but i think like to your point austin about like the best run you've ever seen he got third place dude sometimes the judging in blading is freaking atrocious it's like the yeah. worst thing that i've ever seen it's literally like Sometimes, like, you'll look over the shoulder and see, like, the way they're judging competitions, and you're like, what? Like, it's a, like he landed a, a trick check mark. Oh, he did a good check, yeah. trick ch- check plus. Yeah. Oh, he did, like, he almost landed a tr- trick, like, check minus. And then, like, like one like guy strikes. has, like, one guy has, like, 12 checks because he did, like, 18 soul grinds or whatever. And then it's, it's just, like, the, the format is, I don't know, some of the judging is atrocious. But that's but, yeah, part definitely. of what's, I mean, you're, what you're talking about, yes, so, like, that style of judging, I guess, doesn't make any sense. But it is kind of hard to judge skating because there's no actual scale of, like, difficulty of tricks, whatever. And then when you take into account style, like, the flow of tricks, like, that comes down to people's opinions more than actual, like, technicality and skill level. So it's such a hard sport to, that's why every big contest almost ends in controversy because there's always people who are going to be like on one side over the other, you know, it never makes any sense. So I think you're going to get that no matter what. And it always confused me how in like the X games in ASA or whatever, you'd be like, Oh, all Weisenberg just got a 92.45. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Like that's, I, I never understood that in any way. Uh, someone needs to figure that out. And they'd be like a standard grading system on a yeah. contest. You know, we need to start a university that gives people degrees in inline skating competition, judging. So you would become certified, certified in judging, but like usually, a, like a judge. How often does a judge judge a rollerblading contest? Like once a year, twice a year, once in their whole life. Like it's not something like that people put on their resume. Like I'm an inline yeah. skate competition judge. Like these are just dudes. They're like, oh, I can judge, you know, and yeah, they're yeah. like. What's the format? I don't know. Everyone's skating and doing tricks, and then you pick like the best guy. Oh, okay. Like it's like yeah. extremely informal. I think, I think with a run format, at least there's there's more criteria. Like you can say consistency, amplitude, style. It seems I'm, and there there'll still be problems, for sure. But I wanted to add one thing that like Austin was talking about, like feasts and stuff. I think there's a correlation between like run format and big skate parks. But I think a run format could work beautifully in smaller parks, like uh, Agreed. smaller objects, like the ones, the, the blading cup uh, style parks. And like, it would be a different challenge. And like Eito Yasutoku might not dominate on that scale. Like he's got his Imagine massive he scale that he would dominate. Maybe he would. <laughs> 
I would like to see. No, let's yeah, see what you got. I, 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 <laughs> Did I say Eito? I, I, I meant Takeshi. Sorry, Takeshi, yeah. His brother was Eito, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, I, I think I, I think you bring up a good point there because like that's something that like you know Dominic was able to do at the Blading Cup that was notable that he yep. had like a course that you know you hard to make a line on and he was like making it happen, and you yeah. see him do that a lot of like street spots. He just like makes the most out of street spots and always tries to find a line. He doesn't do right. like one hit tricks like a lot of the time. He's just like always trying to because. You know, I think that's something in skating we kind of overlook, and Dominic Sagone has mentioned, and we've talked about it on the show before, but like the skating aspect itself and shows the personality, getting from trick to trick, how you do that, how you carry yourself, like kind of shows a lot about um, your your personality, you know? So yeah. uh, I, I, I think that would be cool to have it in that way if it was like ideally to have like the really good courses for it, like with big transitions and like the not so good courses and see like what you can create with it. Yeah, exactly. Different, different courses are gonna like different people are gonna excel on different styles of courses. Like on a smaller course, Dominic Bruce might beat Takeshi Yasutoku. Yeah. Vice versa, mm -hmm. you know. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you'll still have all the dynamics will still be there uh, from event to event. Uh, you did have a point about we talked about your what you had to say about Billy's anti-rocker prediction. You also had something you wanted to say about my AI prediction or just AI in general, possibly, because that was something that I talked about on like one of our earlier podcasts about implementing AI into skating. What thoughts do you have on that? And your prediction was that it'll become more prevalent that people will use AI to, sorry, I'm paraphrasing you. Maybe you could just, repeat the prediction that you had um there, i think there was a couple of, of them but one of them was ai with video editing editing skate sections because that's kind of already a thing um yeah. and another one was like having an app that learns your style of skating and can predict tricks for you to try based on what you can do um what tricks link together and stuff like that that was more yeah. or less what i said yes and again i agree 100 percent with that prediction. Um, but I have hesitancy and I want to encourage everyone to be careful with this technology because it is coming. It's coming quickly and um, it's going to be really effective and it's going to be really tempting to rely on it, but it might not be a good thing to use. I think we need more creativity in rollerblading and not less. And I think if we all start relying on a AI program to do our editing and to create our media, although it might be effective for getting more likes and getting more views. You don't want to let your creative muscles shrink. You want to do the opposite. You want to work out your creative muscles and you want to try to figure out what your vision is in terms of the content that, that you create. So I would just encourage everyone to exercise caution um 
and you know, I'm not taking a hard stance on it. I'm not saying don't use it because what do I know? It might be incredible. The, the media, the videos that AI create might be way better than anything a human could make and way more inspiring, you know, and get people way more high on, on videos. But I am doubtful. I think it'll be really good at creating like algorithm specific content that like homogenizes all of our visions and like self sanitizes us. It takes out the cussing and it takes out any awkwardness or humanness. We'll see. I just wanna I just wanna tell everyone to be careful. That's my that's my message. You make a lot of really good points because skating is pretty much all about creativity. And right. that's that's pretty much what AI is taking away in every not just skating, but like every aspect of life, you know. It's definitely a, a helpful, useful tool in a lot of ways. But yeah. skating and I'm not is, anti I'm not anti AI. Like use yeah. it if it makes your life easier more more productive go yeah go for it but just like always keep in the back of your head like am i what what skills am i sacrificing right now or what skills aren't i exercising um because there's there's i don't know there's 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 people who who develop a craft over many years that maybe if they hit had ai at their fingertips Maybe they wouldn't have created that skill, whether it's music or, or graphic design or skating or any of these things that used to be done like by hand. Um, we might, you know, Picasso might, might not have drawn his pictures if he just could generate it with Dolly. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a, it's a double-edged sword. It's a, it's a powerful powerful tool use it wisely i, I feel come like correct the, uh, come correct straight up i feel like the term like billy and truth too <laughs> i feel like the term ai skater is going to be a thing in the future be like yo do you see this kid killing it be like yeah but he's an ai skater he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> think of those switch ups like someone's doing that for him you know like that that's going to be a, a phrase in like five years or so watch I wonder if there'll ever be like a robot that's really good at skating. Hell yeah, there's going to be robot skaters killing it. Do you think? There's going to be robot skaters that can pump perfectly in a transition to get maximum boost out. That's going to make oh, Takeshi shit. like obsolete. That's going to happen. It'd be incredible. It'd be incredible <laughs> if we had like, imagine if you had a computer program like you put on like sensors and stuff and you go into like a matrix and you're, you have an avatar that's a robot that's doing the moves for you like in the street you're safe but uh but the safe. robot is doing it and you f you kind of feel the stuff yeah, yeah you yeah. have to do the movements but if you eat shit then like oh it's the you're robot fine. that's messed up yeah. you're, you're fine so you could that, like practice new moves in the matrix safely that'd be a, a interesting way to play a video game like how <laughs> how they had like aggressive inline whatever but like you were wearing yeah. the suit with the balls and like that's how you skated like you just did the moves on like your foot but it was doing it in the video game because it knows your movements that'd be a cool way to implement that that way right but i think like you might develop you would develop skills but then you might lose the ability to like go out in public and try stuff yeah so there's there's like a thing that you would lose where like 
you know, you could film the robot doing the thing, but would that be as exciting? I mean, it's still the human in the program that's doing the moves, but is no, it as cool it, to see like his robot? No, no. but he's it's still a, doing it, Billy. No, he's but still the, doing it. No, but the the, the movements are just an cool old man, that. Billy. You don't know the kids. That's true. The kids, man. That's true. But I feel like the the, the the risk is part of the thing that makes it exciting, right? Exactly. The threat of and, injury. Yeah. And seeing the the person and the emotion behind their face, and yeah, the element of risk, the humanity. Like it's a human being that's doing this crazy thing. Yeah, it wouldn't be just wouldn't be as cool if it was a robot. But so maybe we're just old, and the kids will think it's just as cool. So let me ask like, you this: no man, okay. it's it's what? And there'd what be you no know, need to train every day. There'll probably be like two separate kinds of skaters. There'll be like AI skaters, like AI skating, and then like regular skaters because they have already kind of like. Like there's motorsport, like actual motor racing, but there's actual series of people sim racing, which is pretty much an AI version of driving a car, but you're safe. You're not Whoa. driving a car. You're not like crashing. You're not spending money on a, a vehicle. So, and, and wow. There's like a whole thing, like an actual series on it. So I feel like that could be that's a great something in the future where like people are like not really skaters, but that's what they kind of do, like video game AI style skating. But they'll put real skates on it and be like, what the fuck do I do with these things? You know? <laughs> Right. Can make no sense. Wow. And this could, this, it could be realistic that, I mean, why would you risk your physical body when you can just do it with an avatar safely? And you think, oh, it sounds silly. That would never happen. But you're like, e gaming is huge. It's yeah. way bigger than rollerblading. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I, 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 I totally, I totally think it can happen. But just like, I, I feel like it's like all the same with like, you know, like the 80s, whenever synth came out with like the drum machines and they were like, all right, that's it. Drummers are dead. That's not going to exist anymore. There's always going to be some people adhering to like the original form of the craft, despite however, te whatever technological advancements uh, get made and move forward. I feel like there's always going to be like it would be considered like maybe if it did go that far, which I could see completely happening. Uh, with getting an avatar or something like that. I could just, it would be like punk rock to go out and do it yourself or something like that. Or or at, at least the ethos would be something similar. Yeah. I think so, we'll always crave that. Well, in terms of our media, I just, I just encourage everyone to like use their own vision as opposed to letting uh, AI. Cause I think what we were originally talking about was like putting all of your footage, for instance, into a program and say, make me a video with this, um, you might add some variables. Like I want it to be like moody, like a Sean Collin video. I want it to be a bit like dark and like grungy. You would like put in all these variables and then it would spit it out and it might be really good. Damn, I didn't think about it be that careful. way. Imagine putting all your footage in and being like edited like a Quentin Tarantino movie or something. And it's like a skate right. edit, but like that style, like I don't even know what the hell would pop out of that, but that's an interesting yeah. thing to think about. Um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Mushroom blading, MB11 might be done by computers and robots. AI. And Todd and Joey are just going to be kicking back, relaxing. That's a dark loops. thought. It's honestly yeah, a dark thought. Like, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that thought. Mm -mm. You know? It's, 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 un missing. it's unsettling. It is. Yeah. And like, like you said, like, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of the time, especially if... 
the AI is connected to the social media, there's like an incentive to have things be uniform. Like even if you're like scrolling through uh, Instagram now and they'll be like, you'll see like whatever, like puppy videos or whatever things, but you'll be like, oh, it's like this month or two months, it's like a lot of the same song. It's like that same song, like all the things are in that song. And then like the, the same thing will change in like another month. And I'm just wondering if with that, it'll kind of mold to the style of whatever's happening or people would feel inclined to go with the style of whatever's happening uh based on views or whatever is this making sense i feel yeah. like i'm getting lost in my own thought you can't you just can't focus on the number of views that you get or the number of likes you just have to make shit that you think is awesome that's it like once you start doing things thinking about like i want to get lots of views on this thing or i want to get lots of likes then your motivation is skewed and you're not being you. You need to just make the shit that you really like. What would, what would you like to see in a skate video? Make that instead of like, what is, what's going to please the algorithm? What's going to get me eyeballs and I need to like play the system. And then the, the AI will just know how to play the system really good. And, algorithm that takes that piece of media in will probably prefer the shit that AI made. So like human made stuff will not be okay. shown as much. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like when you fire That's up shitty. your device that you're addicted to, it'll all be like shit that AI made. Cause AI is like, Oh, my homie, my homie made this, not these weak ass humans. I don't like that. Do you think we're going in the direction of like the, the movie, the matrix? Um, yeah, yeah, yep, for sure. I don't know how, how quickly that's happening, but if you extrapolate over like a few hundred years, yeah, we're changing into, we're morphing into something else for sure. I don't know if humans will be around. So that being said, Todd, what are yeah. your thoughts about skating on Mars? I heard you talking about this too. And like, um, yeah, like I think earthlings won't be able to do it very well. Cause we're so used to skating on earth. We're so used to the gravitational rules of earth and Mars is a lot smaller, right? Than earth. Mm -hmm. So like you might get a power boost cause you'd be able to jump like way higher cause gravity is less cause gravity depends on the size of the planet. Right. So Mars is smaller. So you'd be able to jump maybe like 15, 20 feet, which might sound cool, but you won't know how to control it. You would need to be born on Mars from day one and learn how to skate Mars. There'll be Mars okay. skaters and Earth skaters. Martians. But maybe yeah, you can get Mars used to like so sick. They'll be able to jump like <laughs> 500 foot gaps. But they wouldn't be able to rip on Earth. You know, they'd have they'd have yeah, trouble no. ripping on Earth. Yeah. It would be like trying to skate with like a weighted vest for them. Yeah. Yeah. Come do that shit on earth. Fucking Mars. That's skaters. That's going to be don't like you think, don't, <laughs> don't you think it would be adjustable? Like kind of like switching from like anti to flat, like might be tough for the first few sessions, but then like after a couple, you get the hang of it. No, it would be like on another level. Like it would be, it would be so drastic. Like your, your body would, wouldn't, would need to evolve. Like all your muscles would need to change your muscular, your structure would need to evolve. I don't think it would work. P-rails would Maybe. be like head height. 
Maybe there'll be like a chosen one who like once they figure out a quick way to transport <laughs> like between Mars and Earth. Like you could be born on Earth, like skate for like a couple months, go back to Mars, skate for a couple months, go back and forth. Like there'll be that first person who who can do it on both. Like, wow, he can skate Mars and Earth, like the ultimate diversity. He's the one. <laughs> He's the one. It's like skating on the street, but skating Mars and Earth. Yeah. He would be on another level because he would be he would be exercising his skills in mult on multiple planets with multiple gravitational pulls. So he would understand this shit on a higher level than any of us meager like single planet dudes. Yeah, like he's multi-planetary, super basic. Yeah. It's kind of like, dude, you never skated on Mars. You gotta go. You gotta go. It's the best. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I like where this I is mean, going. Foam pit in Mars would be good, but whatever. That's beside. Um, I want to. Oh, foam pit anywhere on any planet would be good. You guys ever skated? You guys have skated foam pits, eh? Yeah. Have you never? Never. I've what? never had the opportunity to skate a foam pit. No. Foam pits are. There's no foam pits here in Kamloops. And 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 you've you've like I think we talked about this last time, but like you know you kind of. You're not big on like the traveling to events or, you, you know, have you ever got like an in inclination to see like a place like Woodward West and be like, I want to get there. I want I want to skate that, you know, resi pit. I want to skate the foam pit. Any has there. It's obviously never been great enough to to like, you know, get you to pull the trigger. But is that motivation there? Yeah, I do think about going to some events. Um, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that like in 2020 i was all gung-ho i was gonna do boshi pope and oh, yeah. blading cup and then the pandemic happened um and then swear to god i was gonna go to blading cup last year and then the shit didn't even happen i think god doesn't want me to go to a blading comp i think like the plane will crash or like something will the event will get canceled or there'll be like a world war something like I don't think the powers that be want me at a comp, but I will try to go to Blading Cup this year. I feel like the longer it goes without you going to a comp, the more it adds to the allure of mushroom blading, you know? Right. Like, are, are we even real? We might just be AI generated. <laughs> Someone from the future, like, spit in, like, make a couple of interesting rollerblading dudes in their 40s that make videos, and we don't, actually don't even exist. I'm just a computer program. You're here to save blading from the future. It's a simulation, right. man. I'm here to warn you of the dangers of AI. <laughs> Don't do it, guys. It's a grim future. <laughs> <laughs> but foam pits are like a night out, a Friday night out in your 40s. Like it sounds like a good idea, and then you're in it, and you're like, nah, this sucks. Take me out of here. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, I know. Like I've done foam pits like without skates. Like we have like a jump. Oh, the gymnasium facility? Yeah. And... I hear like getting out of the foam pit is legitimately scary. Like you feel yeah. like it's really hard to like get yeah. out of there and you get like bits of foam in your eye. And like, it's, I know, I know the realities of the foam pit for sure. What would be your first scary? You almost feel like you're going to lodge yourself in the foam. No, when you <laughs> like the one, the ones that have like the rope, you feel like, uh, Oh, I don't know. You, 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 you feel like some like dude out of 300, like climbing out of the pit. Like, yeah. it's just like you feel like the strongest guy ever yeah. pulling, pulling yourself nice. out of that 
Because it's like you're stuck. You're like, oh, right. it's, like, it's all arms. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. No, yeah. A rope makes a lot of sense. I've never had a foam pit with a rope. But do you guys do, can you do backflips? And foam pits? I'm like that kid. I'm like a kid at the, at the skate park. Like, can <laughs> you guys backflip? Um, can you? I mean, on rollerblades or in, in general? On rollerblades. Uh, I've never backflipped on rollerblades. I've done like, you... I, I've been like a, I was a big Misty person during that time. Yeah, that's right. When, when Misty's were like, when they weren't bio 540s, when they were like kind of like more front flip 180 type things in like the 90s. Yeah. Um, when I was, I used to do like grommet fakey to front flips on like vert ramps, like under the coping when I was like a grommet back at like Riverside skate park in like the mid nineties. But with any real way, have I, have I done a flip? I would say no. If someone came up to me and said, can you do a backflip? Here is a purse of money for you. Here's 500, here's 500 bucks. Do a backflip. I would do a backflip. You would backflip try for 500 bucks. I'd, I'd find something to backflip for like 500 bucks. Yeah, sure. Wow. Austin, shell up. That's not much. This this would make great uh, con content for the Patreon. Billy so, attempts so, the backflip for $500. Sh sh yeah, so we, that's what we should be doing with the next Patreon. It's uh, yeah. Billy's backflip. <laughs> Billy $500 backflip. I feel like you're selling yourself short. Like uh, maybe like five Gs. Yeah, I, feel like I would say at least a G. At least a G. <laughs> yeah. I'll do it for a stack. I'll do it for a stack. But I, mean, like, but, but I feel like... Uh, What's a stack? Is that a thousand? One thousand. So you're talking to a Canadian. Yeah, that's right. that's right. I almost got like too comfortable. This is what happens. Like being in California, like I get very comfortable being in New York and then someone reminds me how New York right. I am and then my voice loses a bit of its accent every day that goes by and more. But I um, can't use yes. that New York lingo. On no, I just start saying stack. Yeah, <laughs> you sounded so cool when you said that. Yeah, but no, no. <laughs> but well, um, I was just unsure about the amount. But I think Austin's done. I think Austin, like you had a video a while ago. First of all, Austin, I've never done a nine hundred. Uh, the, the biggest spin I've ever done is seven twenty. But Austin's done nine hundreds, and I think you've done a front flip, right? You've done front. I've flips. never done a front flip. I've always been a back person, but I've never, I've okay. never like successfully done a back flip on skates. Besides, like a foam pit or a resi pad. Um, I've done it once, like the real deal Not comes. Not X-Ramps back in the day? Like X-Ramps like onto the platform back in the day? No, I don't think I've ever okay. done. I, we, don't like the, we don't like the back hand flip things, but like never like a straight back flip. What, what was, about you, Todd? I really, I really, no, I've never, I really, and I've thought about this for years, I really want to do a back flip like on a quarter pipe. That yeah. seems so easy to me because you're already right like, halfway there. And I yeah. see all the roller skate girls do it, like Michelle Stylin, yeah, Estrogen, um, and they make it look so easy. I'm like, I, I could do that because I, I, I've got backflips like on trampolines really easily. Um, I would love to try a backflip. I think 2024 is going to be the year of of a backflip. Wow, that's that's but a I, good goal. I need to have some personal counsel from Estrogen. She seems like the backflip pro on a quarter pipe. I think she could guide me through the process. Yeah, some guidance would be helpful. That was my goal last year was to do a backflip on skates. I didn't do it, but I came really close to doing one, like pretty much like an invert, but like on a quarter pipe and just like flip it yeah. around, like pretty much what you're saying. It seems so easy. And I do it with a hand down 
piece of cake. I'm like, oh, I'll just lift my hand right. off it. Once I lifted right. my hand, I just back and just flat bottom pretty much. And I, I saved it, but it was wild and it scared the shit out of me to never do it again. But it's like so obtainable. It's right there. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah. The, the, dude, the dude at the beginning of the show kicked himself in the head and did one. So yeah. I'm pretty, right. could, yeah. So it's, it, it, that's like a joke for him. Like it's a piece of cake. <laughs> we should do more tricks kicking ourselves in the head. But what could we, that's what are the tricks? Makio, kick yourself in the head. If you could make your nose bleed by kicking yourself in the face, like in the middle of an air. So like you kick yourself in the face and land and blood kind of sprays on the ground that would be a <laughs> and dope you, trick and you're just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be good that'd be a different kind of contest right there yeah rollerblading needs more blood that's why like ufc is so exciting because they get bloody we need yeah. to get oh, you bloody know you know i i think we've actually gone through all our topics correct me if i'm wrong but there's one thing i want to bring up before we get into there might be are there questions for the patreon austin oh yeah okay Patreon so went off again Okay, so let's touch on this. I don't know if we'll be able to get to any chats questions in the chat. Um, but I was wondering, you know, and I was thinking about this recently, and I think as a Canadian, uh, you could, and you'd be able to understand this and possibly respect this and most likely agree. But I was talking about it with Bellino not too long ago about like the popularity of blading back in the 90s. And, uh, and there was always like within the movies, there was always the connection with rollerblading like through hockey. You know, you look at like the Mighty Ducks movies and they're playing hockey and they're like cool playing hockey. And then they're like, you know, jumping over some launch ramp thing, even if it's just like a subtle, aggressive thing, it's in there. And, you know, you look at Airborne and uh, there's, you know, there was a hockey element tied into it. And I think yeah. it's 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 kind of like interesting when, when you think about it, because like I think one of the biggest critiques that rollerblading gets is that oh it's like either sometimes that it's easy or like it's soft you know there, there was the term fruit booting that is connected to it and it's kind of like people think of like dance rollerblading where you're going down the street and like swiveling around wearing spandex or something like that so it's kind of looked at like the soft thing but if you look at like sports and like uh like the big five sports or whatever like football basketball you know all these things that we at least the term we say in america and uh hockey hockey's looked at as one of like the toughest most rough and tumble Kind of sports is fighting like it's like the only sport right. outside of fighting where they allow fighting in the right. sport like the refs are just watching you fight so it's like it's so strange that both sides are wearing blading uh, wearing blades and a lot of people who are from my era like you know alex brosco and these people or, or that time came in playing hockey on blades and doing these things i think you had that experience that a lot of people in canada did and one thing is just like looked at as like super raw and tough and the other thing is like looked at as kind of soft but there's this like so connection funny. that that kind of made it like acceptable or cool on like a mainstream level. I think because of that connection. Do you think be, the fact that we lost that connection with hockey in like how we present ourselves that it's not benefiting us? And do you think that we should try to reconnect with our uh, hockey association through aggressive? And do you think that helps us? What's your thought on that? First off, that's a great observation. I've never really seen that. You know, hockey is looked at as this tough guy thing, and then rollerblading is this pansy thing. That's really yeah. funny. But I have to note that I, I actually have never played hockey. Um, I was never a hockey player growing up. I was a baseball, baseball. player. Uh, Joey was a hockey player. Um, but I do think you're absolutely right. I think a, an important part of growing skating is to is going to be to um, collaborate 
or get some like cross pollination or cross, you know, uh, like top athletes who do both like collaboration with things like hockey, skiing, hockey and hockey and skiing for sure. Because yeah, rollerblades originally were designed as a cross training tool for hockey players in the summer. Um, and you're right. If you had like some, some hockey players that also rollerbladed, it's like, um, what's the word it, it, uh, it, uh, fuck the word is I'm just slipping my mind, but when, when something is damn it anyway, um, yeah, it would make it legitimize. It would legitimize the activity because if you respect someone, a hockey player, and then they do something that you don't respect, you're like, oh, they do that. Oh, maybe it kind of changes your opinion on it. So it legitimizes it. And the same thing with skiing. Like I've been doing a lot of skiing this year and skiing is really big in Canada, in Kamloops. Um, and the move, like the kids are going off, like they're killing it at the ski hills. And it's interesting because their movements are so similar to rollerblading. Like they're busting like 360s, 540s, 720s, flips. They're doing like gazelles, like going fakey and carving into forwards on their skis. And a lot of the movements, like you would think, oh, these kids should be rollerblading in the summer, but they're not. They're probably skateboarding in the summer. And it's baffling me because it's like, why wouldn't you skate like if you know um so if if there was like a skiing brand that also made skates and promoted them as like off-season ski trainers you know people would be like oh yeah sick because it's a ski company and yeah same thing with hockey yeah i do think we're gonna need some of that cross-pollination that would be great for role biting to change people's perspectives yeah, I think I think I think that's when like blading was at like it's the like, coolest and most accepted like in a, in terms of like the mainstream and the zeitgeist. It's yeah, it, it it had that connection there, and I don't know somewhere along the way, it's like you I even see you even see like different generations of rollerblading like representing different like attitudes, and the I feel like a lot of people from my generation had that like uh, more rough edge, and now that I feel like it's less associated with people who are playing hockey at all that it has like a different kind of edge to it. And not saying that anything's better or worse, but it's just like that cross pollination that like is so important to the cross marketing that like, um, you know, other subcultures have been able to successfully do that um, instead of us like attaching to those things, like finding our own. And I think hockey is like a really cool thing. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. again, and there, is, yeah. there is a certain level of cross pollination. Like there's a, a hockey store in Kamloops. Uh, called Players Bench, and they deal like hockey skates, hockey sticks, all the equipment. And they carry inline. They carry like inline wheels and things. So there is a little bit of cross-pollination that's still there, but it's on a very small scale. Like it's pretty rare that hockey players go out rollerblading in the summer. But it it, it exists. What do you think about like instead of like a – or as a side addition onto like a blading cup, like um... – the big skate companies get like their top best five guys or six guys and get out there and get like uh hockey games you know like yes. them skates roller versus like games. yeah roller hockey games then them oh. skates and mesmer could like get a oh. get a game going or like um you that's know, an idea rollerblade you and could have USD a tournament and, 
Yeah, you could have a tournament of all the teams, them Roller versus hockey. Mesmer versus yeah. USDs, uh, USD, all the skate brands, roller hockey tournament. I mean, ultimately, it's that like about entertainment, sick. right? Yeah, right. and like, I, I think the, the entertainment value, and you would get like different sides of like getting to know like the other people, and it could be like a cool side event. I think like that kind of creativity would be like helpful in, in skating on like in the mainstream efforts these days. But if you do that, you got to let Canada have a, have a team. Like, I want to be on a team with For Stu, sure. Danny, Leon, and Joey. That's almost not that, fair, though. That'd be the winning team. We're going to fuck you up, all right? The only person we got is Alex, pretty much. <laughs> country? Yeah. We got the size. You, you got to allow body checks. This is full contact. I mean, we, 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 we would have to get Derek <laughs> Derek. Yeah, I was going to say Derek, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not He's playing. He's on enforcer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not playing. He'll keep everyone in line. Isn't a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't like a few wizard moves, wizard skating moves based off skiing movements too? Or skiing maneuvers of some sort? Ah, <sighs> Good question. Like you just I said that they were like doing like gazelles and stuff. Like it was yeah. that originally a skiing move? And I know you can do all those like kind of bunny hop thingies with the long frames that was described to me as like a skiing move originally. Yeah. Um, it's hard. To, I'm not sure which came first because I'm not super familiar with skiing culture, but it, it's, it's a, it's a pretty obvious movement in both activities. And, and the way that I've thought about gazelles has changed in recent years. Like you don't really do a gazelle, like a gazelle happens naturally just from carving fakey and following that line of momentum, like not stopping yourself, you're naturally going to go into forwards. So like, I don't even think that you do a gazelle, like a gazelle does you. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> yeah. Can that be the next yeah. like wizard like, skating I, I shirt? Gazelle. Yeah. I think like <laughs> the best gazelle, like a natural, like you don't consciously move forward. You just go fakey in a way that you naturally go forward. You have no choice. Ooh, and I think was... it's similar in skiing, like when skiers are going fakie and they kind of carve, they just naturally go to forwards. Yeah, that nice. makes sense too. Um, we have, we're gonna get... yeah, we have, we have a ton of here. questions. We're going to get into oh, these yeah. questions real quick. Before we do, I have one more question for you. Sure. Um, you know, you, you're keeping healthy, you take care of business, you have a family, you work hard. What is, you think, your worst advice? My worst vice, I probably coffee. Coffee's my. I, I'm addicted to coffee, and uh, my phone. I'm addicted to my phone. I don't really. That's pretty much it. I'm a pretty boring human. Yeah, I don't drink. I don't really do drugs anymore. What about sweets? Bad food. Cake. I love cake. Like I love like we birthday all, cake. Like I'll, all I'll cake. go to kids' birthdays and like I'm eyeing up that cake. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I've been at kids' birthdays and I've just like gone. You do have kids, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure before you <laughs> And I'll, I'll roll into birthday parties they're not even invited to. I'm just like, yeah, that's my kid over there. Pass, what, pass me what, what kind of cake is your, What kind of cake is your favorite? Any cake, like like the icing and the... Yeah, I don't discriminate. Any cake, chocolate, vanilla. Yeah, I like the baked baked goods. I really like baked goods. Nice. I'm not Same. I'm Good not choice. super strict with my diet, to be honest. Like I indulge. I eat I eat a lot of junk. 
Um, nice. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not strict. Word. Billy's a bun cake guy. I, I'm, I'm but I don't. Myself. Here's one thing I don't do. Okay. And here's one thing I can't accept if my if my friends do either. So it's not cool. I don't drink pop. At all. And if any of my uh. friends crack a pop. <laughs> You can lose my phone number, okay? We're not friends anymore. Were you like this growing don't drink, up? Don't drink pop. Yeah, not just I, I, you can keep my phone number, and I'm just joking. We're still friends, but I'll slap it out of your hand. Like, don't drink pop. No, it's soda? really it's no, it's it's funny. It's been soda. years since it's been years since I've had soda, but it's um, I think the last time was like when I just started. You know, when you start getting into eating as best as you can you start realizing how much poison and crap is out there in the world and it's like it actually becomes hard to eat because you're like wow there's so much actual poison out in mm -hmm. the supermarket and everywhere and um yeah. soda is one of those things like i think i just like when i started looking at the nutrition labels on things i just picked up a coke and i looked at it and the amount of sugar that's in a bottle cool. is just like ridiculous and i was just it's like insane. okay there's never going to be a time when i have that again and so yeah no. that's kind of it and it's addictive and like i'm i'm not strict at all with my kids with their diets like not at all like i feed them crap all the time but i <laughs> do not bring pop into the house that's like yeah. my that's that's my one line that i won't nice. cross yeah it's a that's, good one that's a good one too. That's how I grew up too, and I was. But so I'll pissed. feed them craft dinner and Doritos and whatever. <laughs> like it's not like I'm like crazy about it, but pop. Yeah. No pop. Yeah. It's a good line. Um, I have one more super quick question before we get into this uh, questions, and we have to pick a winner for our giveaway. Still, my question to you, Todd McInerney, is, what do you call Canadian geese? Do you just call them geese, or do you yeah, call them Canadian call them geese? You just call them geese. Yeah, just call them geese. Okay. Geese, yeah. Geese, plural, and then singular is goose. Just regular geese. And he goose. just asked you, did, did, I'm sorry, geese. did you just ask what a goose plural was? No, I asked him what he, what he calls Canadian geese. Do they call Canadian geese geese, or do they actually call them Canadian geese? Uh, it's a really okay. funny word, geese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we just tickle the soft spot in Todd right here. I like that. Cake and geese. But goose. We have a you lot look to get like to. A goose. <laughs> Stop looking at me, Schwan. Um, we have <laughs> a lot to get to still. We have Patreon questions. We have some questions in the chat. And we have to pick a winner for this giveaway. So if everybody who entered, let me get this, switch this up. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Uh screen share. Here we go. So we have everybody's name here. We have 700 of you who entered this uh, giveaway with Create Originals to win a pair of the Reflectio Sean Kelso Create Original Frames. Thank you all for participating in it. We are about to spin the wheel right now to pick a winner. Who's going to be the lucky winner? Who's that one purple line? I don't know. Hmm. Moro Muniz. Of course it's the name I can't say. Of course it's the name. Moro, thank you so Moro. much for entering our giveaway and congrats to you. We'll reach out to you to get you your frames and to everybody else. Uh, oh, like I said, we're going to shout out also on like social media, the 30 people who got a perfect 10 out of 10. Thank you to Create Originals for joining us for this giveaway. We appreciate you. Appreciate you sponsoring the show before. 
And yeah, this is awesome. Hopefully we get to do more giveaways like this in the future. And with that being said, we're going to move on to our Patreon questions. We had a lot of people on Patreon have some good questions for you, Todd. You ready for these? I'm ready. All right, here we go. First one, this is so good. This was from Tree. You might have heard of him. Tree Tree. He asks, what do you think the rollerblading industry would have been like if grinding never became popular? Wow, great question. That's very similar to the question, what do you think rollerblading would look like if it was if skateboarding didn't exist? Whoa, I never thought of that one. Um, if grinding, it would be pretty sad if grinding didn't exist, but if it didn't exist, then we would just develop more in our aerial moves, flat ground moves. It would be very fluid. It's an interesting thought. Um, it would be really fast and people would just be extremely good at rolling. Would they be better at that stuff? We would be better at that stuff because um, we're extremely focused on grinding. Like we have a serious grinding fetish. We would be more creative. We would utilize our environments, I think, in uh, better ways. Because I think oftentimes you get to a session or something and if there's like a perfect grind box, like picture like a street spot and there's just like a really nice P rail or grind box. Like most people, they're just going to like zero in on that grind box and just all their focus is going to be on that and they're going to neglect everything else. So we would be a lot more diverse. Yeah. If grinding didn't exist, we would utilize weird things more efficiently. What would a skate park look like? Similar to how it looks now, just minus the, like coping edges. Yeah, no coping, no boxes, no rails, but still transitions. Yeah, we would still have quarter pipes because quarter pipes are like, you know, like we think of them as waves. They came from surfing. We would have launch boxes. We would have ramps, banks. Um, we might develop skate park terrain in a more exciting way because it wouldn't be so grind heavy because everything is so grind focused. We would have more interesting things to roll on um more like almost like obstacle course style terrain it's like a if you look at like mountain biking um what are those parks called that they have where they like roll on the skinny thing and the wood it might look it like might slides. look more yeah it would it might look more like that like we would probably focus on like rolling really skinny things like we would get really good at that whereas like that's a pretty rare skill is rolling on thin ledges but we would probably be really good at that like if grinding didn't exist we would find like really skinny things and roll on them in different ways fakey forwards one wheel like we would just own that shit like the best like the alex broscow of this like dimension would uh wow they'd be onto some shit like some serious rolling precision yeah, Tree nailed it with that question. I like That's that direction. Really, yeah. yeah, really made me think about it too. And I was like, I can't even. It's a imagine great it. question. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question, and it'd be fun. Like you can pretend like grinding doesn't exist. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, you could do that exercise. Take your soul plates off your skates. The but it's hard. Be, it's hard because grinding is so fun. 
you know yeah i think i think we i think we would have got there um even without the influence of skateboarding i think blading would have got there naturally just because like the phase uh nature of like exploring ideas would have just kind of like once the first grind happens then like everything would have been explored just like how like whatever the swivels or everything gets explored and the wizard skating and um, it just would have came at different times and in different right. priorities, yep. but I think it w would have gotten there for sure. At You're some right. Point, but, yeah. yeah. There'd be more. It might, it might look a lot different. It might look different too, but yeah, but it's, it's only so much you can do on the blades, you know? So I think that it would eventually kind of would get there. force itself there. Yeah. Yeah. Good question, I think, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. It definitely is. Our next Patreon question comes from Max Fervor, who says, Joe, uh, Todd and Joey's skate videos have always had kind of a fun energy and weirdness that felt psychedelic even before the label mushroom blading was apl uh, applied. How ha Have experiences with psychedelics influenced the way you relate to skating? If so, how? Um, maybe. Um that is a hard, that's a hard question to ask. Um, or it's, it's a hard question to answer. Did the, did my psychedelic use like help? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it opened up my perception to different possibilities. Um, I remember, no, that's not really a psychedelic story. Um, I don't know. I'm hesitant to give it too much uh, credit because I think I think we could have gotten here without any the use of any substances. I don't like. I think people rely too too heavily on psychedelics for creative energy. When I think that it is possible to get to those places without anything in fact i think we would have been more productive if we didn't like go through our party phase like if we didn't use so much alcohol and like i've i've had a lot of like sessions that were ruined because of drug use and alcohol like feeling crappy i think we probably could have accomplished more if we were just really focused and sober again maybe i sound like the old guy you can do it without I drugs to, I, and alcohol. I, I, was, I, was, I was about to say. <laughs> but maybe it did be, help. I don't know. No, I was, I was about to say. I hate to be devil's advocate, but especially in like something where you're like um, communicating a positive message, and and I agree. <laughs> I also I also agree with you. I, I think that the thing that people think um, psychedelic experiences do provide can be found outside of that. It just tends to be like. Um, like a cheat code almost to get, it, it's almost like an unearned, like sometimes the psychedelic experience can be like an unearned uh, path, but you could, you could find that same experience in other ways in, yeah. in my, in, 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 in my opinion. But do you think that there was any value to your party phase that like contributed to any of the MB videos that came out like in a positive way? Do you think it was all um, not productive? It, Okay. No, I'm I'm glad that you pushed me on that because yeah, I, I think again it's it's hard to say for sure, but I think maybe some of the experience that I experiences 
on psilocybin, you know, or marijuana kind of opened you up, opened me up to like different possibilities in terms of skate tricks, um, in terms of like what a video could be. I know there was some early video, early videos like Cirque du Soleil were heavily influenced by marijuana. Um, and, and in my early days, you know, being on, on drugs and watching skate videos really like, um, made me look at the activity in a different way. So I shouldn't be like totally down on the, uh, on my experience with those things, but I do think that it, I could have used them less and gotten the same benefit out of them. I think it's like AI. You just got to be careful, be careful yeah. and don't overdo it. Like, yeah, if, if I could go back in time, I would have quit drinking like decades ago. I don't think alcohol really gave anything to me in terms of like creativity or it, it messed me up more than anything. The odd, you know, psilocybin trip or marijuana use maybe, um, gave me some inspiration, but you definitely don't need a lot of it. I don't know, maybe, and, and everyone's experience is different. Some people might smoke up all the time and just get so inspired on it and it might work for them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to say like, you shouldn't do that for me personally. I know that I probably could have used a fraction of the drugs that I used and would have been better off for it. I think that's right. Good advice, yeah. advice from uh, yeah. mature Todd to young Todd right there. Yeah. Uh, we have one last question on Patreon from same boat who says, Hey Todd, I'm curious to know how you develop your artistic aesthetic. If you had any major influences and what you remember about the process of developing the mushroom blading logo. Yeah. Um, Aside of you, we haven't really spoken about honestly, because you do the mushroom blading art, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's awesome too. Great question. Yeah. Thanks for asking. And I'm very inspired by abstract art. I love abstract art. Like I love Jackson Pollock. People clown on Jackson Pollock, but like he let, he he did something. He created a visual that had never been seen before. And it, there's such an energy in art like that, art that's abstract, that doesn't represent anything that I find so exciting, like how someone can just create shapes and color that convey an emotion and they don't even it doesn't look like a person or, or a bird or an object it's just like paint or ink on a canvas like that's badass to me i love people's signatures like i love how everybody has a unique mark that they make people that say like oh i don't draw but like they do this really cool mark that they've developed over time and like as you age a lot of older people's signatures, like you can't even really see the letters anymore because it's been developed so much. And it's based out of like a muscle movement that this person has created. And it's like extremely interesting to me how everyone has this unique mark that they make, like signatures are so cool to me. So a lot of my art is like, um, see there's, I have to break this up into two categories. There's two experiences for me. There's one experience of art where I'm not trying to accomplish anything. And that is extremely pleasurable to me just to like draw and just like let it go wherever it's going to go and get into a, a flow state. 
And then the experience of like making graphics and, and really trying to achieve something is like really painful for me and really anxiety provoking. It's not like fun and pleasurable. It's like hell. And I get ultra like obsessed on getting it right and perfecting it. I went through this recently. I was working on a wheel graphic and it was like, it was like a week of like agonizing over this drawing. And I had to, I had to draw like, like 15 different versions of this thing to get to the, to the place where like I was happy with it and to where I, f I felt like it was finished. Cause every time I would draw it, there'd be like one element that I was like, Oh, that doesn't sit well with me or it could be better. This could be this. And yeah, that is like not pleasurable. It's more work. It's more like pain, painful, but, um, there was another part to that question. Uh, what do you remember about the process developing the mushroom blading logo? Not much. That was so long ago that I made that. Like, I don't even really remember making it. Uh, that was before it was even a brand. That was just I think it, like I, I wasn't even thinking of it as a logo. I think when I drew it, I think it was like a, just a drawing. Uh, and then like years later, it just felt a appropriate for, for the logo. But yeah, that was so long ago that I drew that. And the original is actually a lot different than the logo that we use now. If you look at the logo, like the legs, if you look closely, it's really, it's just dots. Um, it's like, uh, there used to be on the original drawing, there was like pants that the dots sat in. So that was stripped away um, to be just like the the dots, like it was, they were like the polka dots of pants. Oh yeah, I see it here now. Um, but it was just a, originally it was just a Sharpie drawing that's been scanned and like changed. Um, but yeah, I don't even remember doing it. No, that's awesome. That's a cool ass logo too. And uh... I was probably high on the weed. <laughs> Nothing wrong trash. with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Do we have any Thanks, uh, weed. live chat questions, Billy? Yeah, we got to we'll just take two um, one or two of these. Um, one of them is pretty straightforward. It's uh, asking about your kettlebell use and how you've seen that help your your skating. Has it been helpful for your skating and and what kind of exercises do you do? Um it's pretty much one routine that I've, that I've been doing for like five years with the kettlebells. If you search kettlebell workout, Ryan, I think his name is Ryan Shanahan. It's him on the beach. It's really, it's an old video. Um, but it's just kind of the, the perfect length. And I like to do it because like, I don't have to think about the moves. It's like, I've done it so many times that it's, uh, it's all really natural to me. The thing I like about kettlebells is it's like, it requires coordination. It requires some, uh, yeah, coordination. Like there's a move where I do where I'm like squatted down and I'm kind of putting the kettlebell like between my legs, almost like dribbling a basketball, but like passing it to the different hands. And it's like, it's not like a mindless, like sitting on a treadmill, um, working out. It's like, I really have to put thought into it and it helps with my coordination, but it, 
kettlebells is more something I do for my mental health. Like I don't think it really helps my skating. I mean, general fitness, of course, helps, but it, it really is just like an efficient way to blow off steam and like get energy out because I am susceptible to depression and like fitness, like regular exercise helps me feel better. But, so I would say more so it's something that, that I do for my mental health than like for the skating benefits. Definitely. I, I think someone, someone who can be susceptible to depression too, I think like working out and being active is like one of the best approaches to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll take this last one. Uh, Tim Haynes says, can you ask Todd what his favorite edit or section of the past year was? I'm going to guess maybe brain God, but go ahead. I also really liked the, uh, what was the roller skating? Fast forward. I loved fast forward. Fast forward was the Lazo video? Yes, Lazo party. Lazo party. The roller skaters. Um, yeah, they did a good job on that. I, I, I really liked, Michelle blew my mind. Her section was awesome. Yeah, the, the filming, the editing, the music. I loved the fact that it was like kind of like rollerblading, but different. Um, and the fact that it was all girls was extremely refreshing to me. Um, that was the first video I had seen with like mostly girls and, um, I, I loved it. Uh, very unique experience to see girls doing that stuff. So yeah, that was yeah. definitely my favorite from this year. I also really enjoyed big budget, which tree tree was in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Brian Benner, I, th I think is his name made it. Uh, it was a fun video. It was like funny. They incorporated like really funny humor into it. Um, of course, tree tree skating is unreal. Um, I really enjoyed that. Honestly, I didn't enjoy a lot this year. You said it was, was it one of the most boring years? What did you call it? I thought it was a pretty boring year. I boring thought it was year. the tail end of, of an exciting era. But uh, I think Rollbetting is looking for the next chapter. Yeah, I'm excited to see what that chapter is about. Um, Billy, should we do this one last super chat real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like how he waited, till the, he waited till the very last second. Peter Toth uh, says, it's his first super chat. Any collabs planned in 2024 you can talk about? Just this one, collabing with jump street podcast yeah that's the collab of the year right here we it we is just, we knocked, knocked it out the park they're gonna be talking about december you know what was collab of the year collab of the year and it, it happened already january exactly turn your tv you know, sets you, off everyone you know you know todd you know how, how like sometimes you invite someone over for dinner you make them dinner and then you just like and they enjoy it and you're like thank you i got to make dinner for you you know yeah yeah did we just make well, dinner no, we've, you know, this is the second time we've invited Joe over for dinner. And we've also had Joe McGarry over for dinner. So I think the next meal we'll see you at your house. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's funny. Originally, yeah. I, I messaged Austin. I didn't say we could do Jump Street. I said, I'd love to chat with you guys. Oh, you guys are definitely. I took welcome. that completely wrong then. <laughs> I mean, I was down either way, really. I didn't well, really, really care. Um, but yeah, I definitely like to host you guys, have you guys over for dinner. <laughs> That'd be cool. That would be super fun. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Second collab yeah. of the year. 
Definitely. They're, they're not ready for us. They ain't ready. Um, wow, this has been awesome. Todd, you're the man. Thank you so much. This has been a great time having you on. Chat went crazy. Patreon went crazy. Is there anything you want to say to the people before we let you go? I actually wanted to dedicate this podcast to my sister uh, who passed away like 10 years ago. Um, she was born with Down syndrome and she was born with a couple holes in her heart. She couldn't walk 10 steps without being out of breath. Uh, just the most beautiful person that I've ever known. And she taught me probably the most important lesson in my life, and that's gratitude. Um, it was hard not to be grateful. Seeing someone like that that was born the way she was born, um, of no choice of her own. And me, I was born, I didn't choose to be me. I just was given, you know, all the opportunity in the world to be physically active and to enjoy these things that like I love to do. And it's probably the reason why I'm so hell bent on taking full advantage of my physical abilities is because, um, cause that was so blatant to me. And I just want to say, I love you, Bobby Joe, and you're always in my thoughts. And, um, just thank you. Thank you for, for being um, such a teacher to me and being like such a beautiful person. Bobby Joe, this is for you. Thank you guys. That's you guys are awesome. Being on this show was so much fun. I could talk to you guys for hours. And we will have you on again to do that. Yeah. Just so. Let's do it. Thank you everybody for watching. And we you have... guys come over to my house next time. We're nice. excited for it. Do we, we got to take my shoes off at your house? I don't wear pants when I do nah, this podcast. Do I got to wear pants nah, on your podcast? Shoes on. Shoes, shoes on. on. Fuck. Shoes we got to hang out off. in the garage. My Sh wife doesn't let guests. Shoes on, pants off. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We got a we got a killer episode planned for next week, too, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to check out the new merch in the jumpstreetpodcast.com slash store. Um, and, yeah, thank, thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Todd, you the man. We'll see you later. Love you guys. Peace. Peace. Much love, brother.